Howdy, and welcome back to Pointer Rentals The Front Porch. Sit back, get comfy, and prepare to learn about people that you just haven't found the time to connect with. If you haven't stopped by before, you can find the rest of our conversations with pointers and friends in the rental industry at pointerrental.com porch. I'm Lauren Jewell, and let's get started. Welcome to The Front Porch with Lauren Jewell. Today we have our first guest from across the pond, our global implementation and sales manager, Pat Lawler. Pat, welcome to the front porch. Hello. Hi. Why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself, maybe who you are, where you're from, and what is it that you do as the global implementation manager? I'm uh, Patrick Michael Lawler. Ah, welcome. Um, Good Irish name for a Scotsman. (laughs) Um, I was born in Glasgow in 1964. Okay. Still live there, and it's a great city. Uh, I've been with Point of Rental for about three years, or just over three years. And as global implementation and training manager, um, we are trying to unify how we do things globally with regards to implementing the customers and have everyone working in the same way uh, to the same standards. So that way all everyone is getting trained to train people how to do it the exact same globally. Yes. I feel like there's a natural affinity between Scots and Texans. I don't really have much of a Texas accent. I don't have that Texas twang. So people mostly just tell me you're not really from Texas, which kind of hurts a little bit. But I feel like you have a very strong Scottish accent. Did you run across that where people just want to do your accent for you? Back in uh, in the UK, um, I don't have as strong a Scottish accent as I should. Really? Uh, yeah. I mean, sometimes people uh, don't believe me when I tell them I'm from Glasgow. Um, because when I used to work in sales, I had to refine my accent a wee bit just so that um, the people I was dealing with could understand me. Really? So, okay, so you it, actually it, had to physically it, change how you spoke so people oh yeah. could understand you. I, it can huh. get a lot worse. <laughs> <laughs> Please That's reintroduce amazing. yourself as your extreme form of your accent. My name is Pat, by the way, and I live in Glasgow. Yep, I, don't, I can't do a Texas playing that thick at all. Were you ever in a band growing up? No. No? no. Okay. I am trying to learn the guitar at the moment. You but, are? Yeah. That's great. Not, I... f- not for the people listening. Oh, okay. Just just for at home. Yes. Okay. Do you know, do you, I guess, do you, you don't know bagpipes then? That's yeah, I know. I, I can't play them, but I have friends who play the pipes. We go to the World Pipe Band Championships every year hmm. in August, held in Glasgow. Really? Which is quite an event. When you were a wee lad, what did you think you'd be when you grew up? I was quite definite that I was going to be a soldier. Really? So you thought you were going to be a soldier? Yes. You are currently not one. Why not? All through my youth, I was in the Army Cadet Force, which is a kind of youth organization. Okay. Um, And it's very closely aligned to the Army. We trained with the Army. We kind of did all those things, Mm -hmm. shooting and playing Mm. tanks and stuff like that. And when I was 16, I signed up to join the Royal Engineers um, and go to a place called Chepstow. Mm-hmm. Uh, I chose the Royal Engineers because they, they did um, trades. They trained you in a trade like carpenter or plumber mm. or electrician because they, they're the Army's building right. uh, regiment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, just shortly before I was due to go, I changed my mind. I got a job in um, Glasgow, got a girlfriend mm. and thought, Nothing I'll just stay here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what what percentage was was the job and what percentage was 
the girlfriend at the time? <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good question. Uh, it was probably weighted quite heavily to the girlfriend. Mm. Does it feel like a job? You're like, ah, I can replace a job pretty yeah, easily. Yeah, I didn't mm. get too many girlfriends, so yeah. <laughs> you're like, I got one, we're yeah, holding on to her. I'm going to hold on to her. <laughs> there you yeah. go. How did you get started in the hire industry? I started in a, a local shop in my neighborhood called Jimison's. Okay. And they, they'd been there forever. I think uh, when I went to work for them, that was the second generation of the family that had run it. Hmm. And I got a job one winter um, delivering uh, LPG for them. What uh, is LPG? Uh, liquid petroleum gas. Oh, okay. Um, so I, I used to deliver that to people's houses. Hmm. And when the spring came round, they asked me to stay on and help out in the workshop. So I'd sweep the workshop, clean the tools. Right. Things like that, and um, so you're like high school age ish. I was this sixteen. Time? Okay, sixteen. So yeah. you went from leaving school at sixteen, working at Jameson's, to um, being a higher business owner in just the span of a few years. Mm. Where where did that transformation come from? Well, I moved from Jameson's after a couple of years. Uh, I was running the store uh, within about two years, and I moved to a much larger business mm-hmm. again, starting in the office, just doing contracts. Okay. And and worked my way up through that business and became the salesman for the business hmm. and found myself having conversations with business owners uh, about day-to-day problems, which I really didn't understand. So um, my wife encouraged me to go back to school and hmm. study business and accounting, okay. which I did. I did an HND in business studies and accounting. Did that in the evenings for about three or four years. Right. Uh, so it's a lot of work of going from work and, and family to night school as yes. well. That's yeah, generally I would go straight to the night school from, from the office okay. and uh, oh. do two or three hours at night school each night. Were you excited to go back to school or was it more just like, your, was she your girlfriend or your wife at the time? Uh, she was... My girlfriend at the time. Your girlfriend. Yeah. So it was more just like she was pushing you to do it. So you were kind of like, yeah, okay, I guess I'll go back to Yeah, school. I mean, she she always had a lot of confidence in me. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't have much of myself educationally. I left at 16 and and, and I couldn't mm-hmm. wait to get out of school. So I was kind of apprehensive about going to college. Um, right. But found it a totally different learning environment and, mm-hmm. and was extremely successful at college. I kind of finished pretty much top of the course. Yeah, that's great. Um, and really enjoyed it. I, the, the experience was just so different. Mm. Maybe I was just a bit more mature and prepared to to do the to work. To handle it and put some effort into it, sure, yeah. sure. Yeah. What is it like going back to school after you've been in the workforce and while you're also working and maintaining a relationship with your girlfriend and soon-to-be wife and mm. all of that? What was that kind of like for you? Um, it, it was strange at first. Just just learning was was quite alien to me Um, and Mm -hmm. sort of forming patterns for studying and doing the various reports and stuff that I had to Mm -hmm. do for that. But I formed some really good friendships while I was there with other people that were doing the same. They were working day jobs and and going to night school. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm still friends with them today. We we meet up only once a year um, and go for a meal and a good laugh. And that's got to be almost 30 years ago. That's great. Yeah. Wow. I'm recently out of college as well, and mm. I don't live in the same area where I went to school. I went to school in Colorado. <coughs> I'm back in Texas, but that's encouraging to hear that someone can have such great friendships with people and still make the effort to meet up with them every mm. year. So yeah. 
And, and they made the experience um, much easier as well with regards to learning. Did you tell me how you came to owning your business? The gentleman who owned the business, George Fullerton, had decided he wanted to retire. Mm-hmm. So we devised a plan, um, myself and a colleague, and we bought the business from him, mm-hmm. um, which he was really happy with um, because he wanted to see us staying there and taking it forward. Sure. He had no family that were interested in it, and he just wanted to go and play golf. You're obviously not still working for that company. So did you did you sell the business? Did you leave the business? What did that transition um, look like? A few years down the line, we sold it mm-hmm. um, to uh, a company called Martin Plant Hire. Because I had made significant uh, progress with uh, IT within the business, mm-hmm. they asked me to stay on and build their IT infrastructure for them, mm-hmm. um, which I did. So IT, did you... Kind of just teach yourself IT, or how did that come about? Yeah, it started in a sales role. We were um, just one Glasgow company, a reasonable size, uh, but our competitors were all large national companies. Mm. So I had to try and find ways of of competing um, a bit more evenly in the marketplace and turn to IT to try and resolve some of those things, putting in a new rental system, mm-hmm. hire system, reporting, um, and being able to action things that bit quicker. Mm-hmm. So I found myself getting more and more involved um, in the IT side of the business. Was that your favorite part of like the whole rental industry, was doing the IT side of the business? or It was. Yeah, there, were, there weren't too many people doing things like that in the rental mm-hmm. industry then. It's, this was late 80s. Okay. What accomplishment would you say you are most proud of um, when you were winning HAE awards and shaking up the industry? We won uh, an award for the most innovative uh, product catalogue, which uh, now people see them all the time, but then it was quite unique. We I developed a a business card size and shaped CD ROM. Mm If people know what a CD-ROM is. <laughs> I think you've got like a old. one right there on the desk there, the green one. Oh, they were, yeah, this was a square. It, oh, one of the square ones. It actually looked exactly oh, like my yeah. bu- It was my business card. It was printed like my business card. Interesting. Um, okay. But it had the company's full website on there. It had all sorts of other bits and pieces. It had tuition videos and things like that. Hmm. And this was around about 1989, 1990. So it was quite... Uh, advanced for its time yeah and mm. really like that we built most my, myself and my friend built, built the website that was on it uh well he did he did most of the work i just did the pointing when you were a kid you wanted to be in the army and then you kind of were part of this army training engineering mm. school and then you find new ways to innovate throughout mm. all of the higher industry and, and it seems like you've really just had like this whole engineering mind and drive on just how to make things better, how to innovate, um, kind of throughout your entire life. Well, I, I like solving problems sure. um, and and working with people to do that. I find it quite interesting. Mm. Um, I, I like to be very collaborative. So a lot of the things that I've done, I haven't done alone. Um, mm. There's always been others involved. Uh, I just take the credit for it. Ah, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> The coronavirus has all of us feeling a little further away from our friends, our co-workers, and our customers. At Point of Rental, we value connection. So while we're all sheltering in place, practicing social distancing, and conducting business online as much as possible, we're providing rental e-sign free for anyone who wants to add it for the next three months. That's free setup. 
That's three months of free contracts, all so you can continue to get deals done, both while we're apart and as we rebuild together. Just visit pointofrental.com slash rental dash e-sign to sign up. That's pointofrental.com slash rental dash e-sign. How did you come to find out about Point of Rental and, and, and Syrinx and what was the connection there? Well, I've, I've known Mark Goodrum for a very long time. He's the managing director at um, the UK office. Mm-hmm. And we, we have continually exchanged where Mark was trying to sell me software over the years. We finally bought the software in about 2011, okay. uh, which was actually my last official uh, act as their IT manager. Uh, oh, okay. the, the the week we signed the contract with Syrinx, I resigned. <laughs> okay. Wow. But you kind you kind of did that. Not because of the thing, right? Not no, 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 no. <laughs> well, m- much to Mark's dismay, because he then had to uh, implement it without me being there, and mm-hmm. I don't think he's ever forgiven me for that. <laughs> so, what made you decide that 2017 was the right time to join? Um, I I pretty much achieved everything I wanted to at Travis Perkins. Um, The reason I didn't leave a couple of years earlier, we were having a real tough time. I didn't want to leave um, not having succeeded, so I decided to see that through. And when I did leave, I had turned things around. We were doing extremely well, and it was then time to move on. So what is your favorite part of your job here at Point of Renault? I think it's working with different people and trying to do things more uh, intelligently, you know, getting smoother with how we do things. And there are lots of people with some great ideas. So it's just bringing those together and and working them through. Yeah, bringing them to life. Yep. Sure, sure. So what are you looking forward to your future in Point of Renewal besides innovating and and growing larger? Is there anything in particular you're looking forward to? I think I'd like to, I'd be really happy once we've got all the different offices on the same platform with regards to implementation and all working uh, Mm. the same way. What is your favorite part of engaging with new people interested in the software? Do you get to do much of that anymore in your new role? Uh, or? Yes, yeah, especially with some of the larger ones, um, discovery and so on with implementations, a key part to that. Mm-hmm. Um, surprisingly, every rental company has a completely different way of doing things. Mm-hmm. And it would be great if they didn't. We could just sell out of the box and plug it in and go off. Talking to people about their business and how they do things and, and seeing how we can accommodate that is, is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially when you, you – I've been lucky enough to, to do that in other continents as well. I went to Africa to talk to Skyjacks, and it was just fascinating seeing how other businesses work. How they work, yeah. Mm-hmm. Even just bringing um, ideas from those countries back to Point of Rental and saying, well, how can we – work this out um, to make it easier for them. Absolutely. And, and I'm finding that internally as well, coming here and working with the implementation team and finding um, different ways that you do things, you know, well, that's that's quite a good idea. Mm. I'm going to see if I can implement that. And I suppose that's part of global implementation, taking the best mm. that we have in mm. each region and, and sharing it uh, to mm. see that everybody gets better. Do you have any travel tips for people who are newer to traveling or new to the point of rental or just what makes you a successful traveler? I don't know that I'm a successful traveler. Oh. <laughs> I certainly get there. I survive journey to journey. Sure. Um, I, I, I like to have a larger seat, so I tend to upgrade my seat. 
okay. myself. So Kiwi and I paid for it because <laughs> <laughs> um, I need a bit more room. And sure. um, with regards to recline or not recline, I'm straight in there. I would go to sleep straight away. I'll put the seat straight back no yep. matter who's behind me. Okay. Hopefully. I have tried once putting all the seats back beside me to see if the stewardess would notice oh, uh-huh. and not make me put it back up again. <laughs> you may even have to do like kind of the rows around you or something if, if that's possible. The whole plane. The yeah, whole plane. Tilt the whole plane <laughs> yes. back straight away. Mm-hmm. Want to help us change the world? Point the Way is Point of Rental's employee-led community giving program. We provide volunteer opportunities as a team to help improve our communities throughout the world. If you're a pointer, you can find out more about how we're helping this quarter, suggest ideas for the future, and connect with us on our internal Point the Way workplace page. If you're not, you can still see what we're doing by following us on social media. We're in the business of making better lives. Let's learn just a little bit more about who you are. Let's pretend that I'm going to go to Scotland mm-hmm. um, and I'm asking you where to visit, um, what to see, what time of year to go, etc. What would Pat the tour guide tell me to do? The most fascinating place I've ever been to in Scotland is an island called St Kilda, okay. um, which is about 40 miles off the coast of the island of Harris, okay. which yep. is about 50 miles off the coast of um, Scotland. Okay. Like Wayne Harris? Like Wayne Harris. Okay. Yeah. Okay. The island of Harris, which is also beautiful. I would recommend anyone visits the island of Harris. Mm-hmm. So someone wants to come up to Scotland and you're going to immediately send them to an island. <laughs> a remote of island. Like, <laughs> instead of like Glasgow or, or, well, or anything. C- cities don't change that much across the world. Mm. Uh, and they're kind of full of people. And there are loads of nice things to see in Glasgow and Edinburgh, like the castle or Glasgow University and so on. But seeing a Scottish islander driving through the mountains in Scotland mm. is just unbelievably beautiful. You know, you can go to the, the castles and the cities to kind of learn about the history, but then mm. to kind of connect with the people from the past, you might actually go out in the places where they might have gone and explored and it was, feel a bit of a well, The Scottish Highlands have a huge history, and when you drive mm. around these places, they're, they're littered with um, castles and, and uh, settlements that are hundreds of years old. Mm. Uh, so well worth seeing. It'd be cool if you were driving around and just saw castles. We but have the, the Alamo. The U.S. is quite young, really, isn't it? It is. In, in comparison. Sure. Mm-hmm. Well, I hear that you are a tea guy, not, not coffee like we typically drink here in the yes. U.S. What is your second favorite flavor of coffee? Please do not tell me your first one. Gunpowder. Gunpowder? Yeah. Actual gunpowder? No, it's not actual <laughs> gunpowder. I don't drink gunpowder. Okay. I don't smoke it or ingest it in any other ways. Um, no, it's called gunpowder tea because of the uh, the shape of the grains. They're, they're kind of shaped in a particular way. It just looks granular. Do y'all do tea time in Scotland or is that really just like a British UK thing? Yeah. Afternoon tea is, is yeah, it's more a kind of Just afternoon tea is just a thing. general. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah. It's not something just You can just go to some thing. of the nicest restaurants in places like London, like the Ritz. Mm-hmm. And have afternoon tea. Okay. And it's quite an elaborate affair where you get tiers of cakes and ah. uh, tea and so on. And it's quite a ritual. And okay. please make sure you have lots of money. Yes. Ah, uh, okay. Gotcha. So it's not like every afternoon you have. Because that's what I always picture. Like, oh, it's the afternoon time. We have to have our towers of cakes and have our fancy <laughs> teas. That's not like a normal. No. That's just not, not a regular not any, part it, of your life. It, it, 
it did at one point in history. Okay, um, but not if you in had the money. Uh, I no, see. No. Okay. I was going to say, it could also de- depend on what your daily life is. Like, if you have the queen over every day, yeah. you might want to have those tears. Okay. I also hear that you are famous for wearing kilts. Is, it, is this true? It has been. I have owned my own kilt since the early 90s. I think it's still the same one. Um, okay. I have had to have it extended a little. <laughs> um, but yes, I, I do enjoy wearing my kilt. Okay. Uh, which is uh, Charles Edward Stuart Tartan. So what are the rules with wearing um, kilts? Like, I, I, I really don't quite understand it. From an American, mm. an uneducated perspective, it just looks like y'all really like wearing plaid skirts with squirrels or something <laughs> hanging around. Um, yeah. <laughs> what, are, what are the rules concerning uh, well, there, there, it? Well, there, there are no rules. It depends on the occasion. Um, so you can have formal dress, which I have okay. worn with the company to the Higher Industry Awards, mm-hmm. which is a kind of mix of a kilt and a black tie. So mm-hmm. um, you would have a bow tie and a formal jacket. Um, mm-hmm. There are different types of those. I wear the Prince Charlie jacket and waistcoat, okay. um, which is kind of open jacket with a waistcoat. You can have what's called a Monroe doublet, which is a fully closed jacket with frills hanging down the front. Mm. Um, so there are different types of formal dress. Um, okay. You can have day dress where you just wear a tweed jacket and waistcoat. Mm-hmm. Um, or you can just go to the football and wear your football shirt and shout for your team Okay. Uh, wearing your kilt. Hmm. So that did seem like quite a few rules around that. Or at least, you know, where, where you wear them appropriately. Yeah. But, huh. And okay. some people have um, dress kilts and some people have what's commonly known as a beer kilt. A beer kilt? Yeah. So just going out to the pubs, this is my Yeah, you don't want to ruin a good kilt with, with spilling beer on it True. all night, so you you can have a beer kilt and you don't care what mess you're waking up in. Do you think people say that you remind them of Sean Connery um, because you look similar to him or because you are Scottish and sound similar? <laughs> yeah, it, it does happen quite a lot, especially since I grew the beard. I do look a bit like him, but he's actually much taller than me. He's a big lad. Wow, yeah. He's a big lad. Well, he used to be. He's a little old man now. Mm. <laughs> um, and and he is Scottish, but he's from Edinburgh. Uh, okay. And he's oh. also Irish. He's His oh. family's from Ireland. So there, there were a lot of Irish Similar. immigrants living in Scotland. Okay. So a lot yeah. of similarities. So pie chart form, what percentage looks, what percentage voice? Uh, 50% probably looks. Uh, I do do a decent Sean Connery impersonation, so I, I can do that. So that's probably 30% and 20% Scottish. May we hear your Sean Connery impersonation? Yes, of course. The name's Bond, James Bond. 007, license to kill. But what I wanted specifically <laughs> is I need an elevator pitch for Point of Rental as Sean Connery so we can use <coughs> it in the future. Ooh. The name's Bond, License to Kill, which I will do if you don't buy the software. Point of rental. <laughs> I mean, threatening the customers is <laughs> <one> <laughs> <I think. laughs> It or works for me. It's right. <laughs> <laughs> amazing. So I take it you are a Sean Connery fan then? Oh, uh, yes. Yes, okay. Yes. He has made some awful movies, but yes. Um, can you rate my Scottish accent on a scale of 9 to 10? <laughs> well, that would be interesting. Your bum's out the windy if you don't remember the Alamo and we Bonnie Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you, 
you were kind of getting there with your bums out the windy. Yeah. Yeah, that You're... was that was pretty good. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And that's that's quite a good Scottish saying. Thank you. Your bums uh, out the windy. Yeah. It just makes me think if there's like a high breeze and you're wearing your beer kilt or something, then, you know, your bum's out the windy. No, the, 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 the saying your bum's out the windy is more about um, you're talking rubbish. Oh, OK. Well, <laughs> not actually to do with your, your posterior sticking <laughs> out of the, the window. Five important questions. Five important questions. Five important questions. If you could tell first day um, in the higher industry down at Jameson's, um, Pat, um, one piece of advice that would leave to becoming a successful pointer, what would you tell yourself? Get an office job. <laughs> I was cleaning concrete mixers in the snow and the rain, and it is Ooh. awful. I need to get a job in sight. What would you say is your greatest success in life? Probably sounds a bit corny, but my, my children. Mm. Um I think every parent aspires to see their children uh, be better than they are, uh, and and we've certainly achieved that with our children. Mm. They they are growing to be really nice young adults, right? And right. I'm really proud of them. Oh, I'm good to hear that. What is your most embarrassing moment as a pointer? Oh, I think that would be for others to answer. I'm not really sure I have had one yet. Do you have one from just your previous jobs or your previous experience yeah, in, in the higher industry? Um, yeah, I was at a higher dinner once. Um, we used to go to these kind of black tie affairs for uh, rental associations. Hmm. And there was a chap sitting next to me most of the evening uh, and he got slowly drunk and slid under the table. Hmm. And I, so I, I dashed over, tried to pick him up and actually pulled his arm off. He had a false arm. I'm standing there <laughs> trying to shove his arm back up his sleeve. <laughs> that was pretty bad. Was he was he conscious at this point? Or? Well, semi-conscious. He was pretty pretty drunk. Okay. We became good friends after that, actually. <laughs> it seems like this kind of thing you'd bond over. It, yeah. And he was armless. Sadly, it has been a change in international law to where if you pull someone's arm off, you are immediately sentenced to death. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> which I guess <laughs> might happen anyways. But even if it's a fake arm, like, <laughs> no dismemberment, please. What is the last meal that <sighs> you would request? I, I cannot resist a really good quality steak. Mm. I just love steak. Like beef steak? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay. From a cow, yeah. Mm. I love a good steak. Uh, I'm not overly fond of the salad around it, but okay. yeah. It, the biggest steak I think I could have. Okay. One of those challenge ones, 42 ounce. Mm. There's you... a 72 ounce one up in Amarillo. Yeah, Is Amarillo, there? Texas. I would love to try that. Ooh, road trip. Oh, uh, question number five. Tell me a secret about Point of Rental. Or Mark Goodrum, or... <laughs> oh, oh, I can tell you. How much is it worth, Mark? <laughs> oh, a secret about point of rental. Okay, here you go. There is no porch. <gasps> what? <laughs> Not about the front porch, just about point no. of rental. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, don't I don't have, have rocking chairs. You, do, you don't have a front porch with rocking chairs, and Wayne does not have a fireside. Who is the next pointer that I should talk to on the podcast? Um, Josh O'Connell. Okay, if we can fly him up here or fly 
our team down there, I would be glad. He, he'll be here him. at some point, and yeah. uh, and um, he has a way more interesting life than me, living on the Gold well, Coast in Australia and surfing and yeah. all of that. Yeah. Hmm. So, um, are there any non-pointers that you recommend that I interview on the podcast? Yes. Uh, Sean Connery. Oh, okay. Yes. He, he we'll must be getting tired by now of people asking him if he's Pat Lawler. Ah, oh, right. <laughs> what is the best scotch? Oh, that's a tough question. It really depends on um, your own tastes. Um, you get really peaty um, whiskies from the islands, like Isla, Lagavulin, and... Um, Lafroig and stuff like that, or um, I prefer Speyside, which are really light, like Dalwini, which is really nice and very light. So it that's a big personal taste. All right. Um, well, thank you, Pat, for chatting today. It's been lovely talking to you. Um, so send Pat some love this week. Stop by his desk. Tell him a story of uh, the time that you pulled off someone's arm. Um, and send him a gif of your favorite Scottish tartan paint um and just let them know that you care so thanks for listening today we'll keep the porch light burning for you i think generally the scottish people are angry at everything how are people typically sentenced to death in scotland learning was was quite alien to me so um i it sounds like uh i mean the old recipe was kind of um, awful. Not that you're prehistoric or anything. I mean, tried squeezing the bag. That was a very weird way to explain it.